Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slips a tackle, and there he goes. It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. And that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for part two of the weekend mailbag. So for that, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. And we'll do that with Jets fans since 1988. Yesterday, he asked two questions. We ended the mailbag with his first one. Today, we'll begin the mailbag with his second question. This is for Scott only. If you were putting together a comp for the four horsemen of the current roster, what would it be? I'll give J.J. Dillon's spot to Joe Douglas since he's a fan. I struggled because I didn't know which lineup to use, but I'll make Zach Wilson Ric Flair because of his moxie and blonde hair. First of all, I'm going to use the best lineup and shout out to my buddy John Grella on this because we've had many conversations about this. But the best horseman lineup is obviously J.J. Dillon as the manager and then Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard and Barry Windham. I know that the original was Ole Anderson, but Barry Windham over Ole Anderson every single day of the week and twice on Sundays. So I agree with you. Let's give Zach Wilson the Ric Flair spot because he's the leader of the team. He's got the blonde hair. He definitely has the moxie for it. I'm going to give Joe Douglas the Arn Anderson spot, though, as the enforcer instead of the J.J. Dillon role because I just think he's too big and too tough to take on that J.J. Dillon role. You need somebody who's a little more managerial, a little more sneaky, a little more conniving, a little more cerebral, I suppose, to take on that role. So we're going to give Joe Douglas the enforcer role, Arn Anderson. As far as the other two spots, Tully Blanchard and Barry Windham, that's an interesting one. For Barry Windham, you want that natural, gifted, athletic guy who can do pretty much anything. So I'm going to give that to Elijah Moore because I just think that he's the kind of guy that is perfect in that role. And with Tully Blanchard... 
I like Brant Boyer in that spot. He just has that Tully Blanchard-ish look to him. And because he's been a coach for so long, you know that he has those, I guess, diabolical-ish sort of thoughts that Tully Blanchard always used to have that was a big part of his character. And J.J. Dillon, this is where you need somebody who's cerebral, sneaky behind the scenes. And I'm trying to think of who the Jets have that would really be good in that role. I can't say Christopher or Woody Johnson because neither one of them strikes me as that type of guy. So here's where I'm going to go to you, Chris. I know you're not a four horseman guy, but J.J. Dillon was the manager and his whole bit was that he was this snake in the grass. He was the guy that was always stirring stuff behind the scenes. He was the guy that was always the brains behind the operation, so to speak. Who on the Jets is a player, a coach, or in the front office do you think fits that bill? Because I'm having trouble coming up with one for J.J. Dillon. Oh, that's that's tough. I mean, my brain went first to Adam Gase, and he is no longer here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I was I was like, oh, this you well. I mean, the, the whole snake in the grass thing made it did it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, Adam, no offense because I do like you personally, but yeah, you got to admit that 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 fits uh, the general perception there. Uh, with the, with this roster, it's especially considering. Uh, last season and like how little I actually know the players on this roster. I mean, there's, I, it feels like over half the roster. And I think this might be true that I have not talked to face to face yet. Um, and that, that is not a thing that ever happens <laughs> in my career. Like, you know, I don't talk to all the players every, all the time, but I, I, I talk to most of them face to face at least uh, a couple of times. So, uh, well, before I'll still think about this, I wanted to chime in just on the Zach Wilson part because if we can get him to do the Wick, Ric Flair, woo! If we can get him to do that in some way, then that will be among the most the greatest things ever. Um, so I'm gonna have to figure out some way to try to get him <laughs> to adopt the Ric Flair personality for you guys. Uh, it, it might be tough, but I'm, I'm gonna have to figure out some way to to, to figure that out. Um, we're, we're gonna have to get him the Ric Flair robe too, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I I really I can't I'm struggling. I can't come up with somebody that like that I I, I'm tempted to say just like a corner just because like it's a sneaky position. I can't really like think of anybody personality wise that fits that personality on this team. Like you said, uh like I I could go Woody Johnson for that. Um, for a lot of that stuff, but I, I don't, he doesn't, I don't, I don't know this wrestler you're talking about, but he doesn't strike me as any type of wrestler. I mean, like, just give me like a javelin Gidry or something, just because I feel like he's a sneaky corner. I, I, this is a disappointing answer. I know. Uh, uh, but I, I can't, I don't have the knowledge of these personalities to, to think of anybody like that. And if we go back, you know, you could, you could maybe, uh, throw in like, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm just gonna have to go with a sneaky corner. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. I can't come up with anything for J.J. Dillon, and neither can Chris. So, if you've got an idea of who would be J.J. Dillon here, and again, it's not Woody or Christopher Johnson because they're just not cunning enough or 
diabolical enough. Everything that made J.J. Dillon the character that he was, they don't really fit that bill. So we need somebody that's a little more in that mold. As you said, Adam Gase would have been perfect for that. But fortunately, he's gone now, so we don't have to worry Maybe about Braxton that anymore. Maybe Barrios, because he's so good-looking, he could he could play that role? Yeah, that's not what J.J. Dillon was. J.J. Dillon wasn't right. some heartthrob. He was an older guy who was kind of that dude who's been around the block. So I don't think that Barrios really fits that one. We'll keep workshopping this one. If you're listening to this and you have any ideas, let us know. Next question comes in from Thomas Arnone. He says, for Chris, the VBD, do you feel like this is your dream job or do you have other aspirations for your career? Also, what was your favorite football team growing up? And if you had the choice of any franchise in sports to cover, what would it be? This is a lot. I love, I love all these questions, though. So we'll start with the dream job part. It's a little uh it depends on how you look at it because a it's it wasn't a dream job like this is something I dreamed of doing as a kid and it's not like it's something I was against doing as a kid it's just one of those things that never occurred to me when I was growing up as a kid I it never occurred to me like hey I could be a sports writer um, when I quit my job as an architect to go back to school because I was just bored as the architect and I was just reading about sports all day. At that point, yes, that I was like, my dream job would to be get a, a job covering the NFL, be able to, you know, cover a team, go around, talk about it, just talk football and get, get paid to talk football. Like that, that would be it. Uh, to be completely honest, over the past, like, I don't even know how long it's been, five years or so, I just have not enjoyed this job nearly as much as I did when it started. A lot of that probably has to do with the Jets just being awful. A lot of it has to do with with Twitter and uh, fans fans reactions and just even stuff like, you know, with the Marcus May stuff. And I see everyone going, oh, the Jets never play anybody. Like, or we'll, we'll never pay anybody ever again. And it's like, all right, we have to do this again. Again, they just signed people in the offseason. I promise you're going to – so some of the <clears> the <throat> the like the discourse around all this just gets exhausting and tiring because it like all the sports talk aspects of, of covering football has really worn on me over the years. It, it feels like – and you watch like most of the people – you know, who get most of the attention in the media. They just say stuff just to say stuff. Like sports media has changed so much and I don't like most of it. Um, and then there's also uh, going forward, what are they going to do as far as us having access to players? Because it certainly feels like <clears throat> the NFL and teams are going to try to take advantage of having everything last year be a little bit different, that they're going to try to separate us from having as much contact and access to the players. And if I, if I don't have access to talk to the players one-on-one -on -one going forward, this job becomes a whole lot less interesting. <clears throat> um, as right now, I, I still do enjoy this and I'm, I'm kind of reinvigorated by Joe Douglas and this draft class and free agency class, at least for this year, I'm more excited to get back into it and then hope that 
the Jets can be more fun. Because, again, it's not just that the Jets have been bad. It's they've been bad in the exact same ways for the exact for so long. Like, I year after year, I'm writing the same exact article with just plugging in different names. It's the same problems, the same stuff. And so now I'm very much looking forward to a, a being rejuvenated with a new year. Still don't necessarily have uh, ideas of them being particularly good or great or anything, but it's going to be fun. And there will be different things for me to talk about. But uh, I would, I have been working on writing like novels forever. My ADD, uh, ADHD gets the best of me. So I have like probably like enough material written for like five different books, but they could also be like five completely different books. I just have like chapters that could be shoehorned into stuff. And one day I'd really like to sit down and just hammer out like a, a clear narrative story, just front to finish. Biggest problem there is <clears throat> in, in this area, I would be a big, a huge perfectionist, especially with the ending. And man, endings of stories are really tough to do. But that right now is probably my dream to be able to focus and get that. Um, to just be able to hammer out at least one or two of them. Um, and hopefully one day I'll be able to get there. I just, I start that, start to uh, start writing and I kind of black out and I, who knows where I end up. I'll start writing about one thing. I'll end up in a completely different area. <clears throat> okay. Then there's the favorite team growing up. <clears throat> so that, that changed for me. My, my first favorite football team was the Houston Oilers. Warm Moon. I lived in Houston, right outside of Houston at that time. Um, Ernest Kiffin, Taylor Jeffries, they had the electric slide going on, that run and shoot offense. Buddy Ryan punching people on the side, Kevin Gilbride on the sidelines. That was my first love in football. <clears throat> I moved to New Jersey. The Houston Oilers moved to Tennessee. And then I, I remember having this thought, like, do I stick with them? And then they traded Warren Moon away. And I said, no, I'm, I'm gone. Warren Moon was my favorite player, so I had to leave. <laughs> I was in the New Jersey, North, North Jersey area, obviously. So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I need a new team. This is middle schoolish, fifth, sixth grade. I need a new team. <clears throat> the, Obviously, I'm going local here, but the Giants had had recent success, so I couldn't go with the Giants. Also, my dad was a Giants fan, and I, I was a Yankees fan because of my dad. That started earlier. But by the time I was choosing a new football team, it was I was being a little rebellious. So I was like, I'm going to choose the Jets. So I cho chose the Jets, and I rooted for the Jets for a while. But again, as I got older, I went to just more of a, you know what? I really like Aaron Rodgers. I just want to watch Aaron Rodgers play. I really like Le LeBron James. I'm just rooting for whatever the Le team LeBron James is on. I root for. I started rooting for players more. Um, sports, in my opinion, sports is a way more enjoyable product when you just love the sport and you don't have you don't have to live and die with the result. You can just enjoy it for what it's worth. Uh, it's a much more enjoyable product for me. If I could cover any team in sports, this is – see, I I have to immediately have to exclude uh, uh, baseball right off the bat because 162 games, that's way too much. I have no interest in doing that. I'm not particularly interested in watching baseball as is, but 162 games is too much. Basketball would be tough too because 82 games is, is a lot. But 
I, I do think it would be really cool to have that type of access and they get out, they get to hang around the, the reporters, basketball show up like before shoot arounds and practice. And then they watch the whole practice. They get, that would be really cool to see that experience. Um, and to be able to see uh, the basketball players up close. I, when I first started covering the jets, I'm standing on the sideline of the practice field. And I remember vividly watching Brandon Marshall and Darrell Revis battle like uh, not Brandon Marshall. I'm sorry, Br- Braylon Edwards and Darrell Revis battle like literally two feet in front of my eyes, and I was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" So I would I would like to have that type of experience with basketball. Um, you know, it's probably a little late in uh, LeBron's career for me to want to follow him around, but that would be great. I could enjoy Kevin Durant. What I would most like to do though in sports, it wouldn't be a team sport. Is that I would uh, enjoy if, especially now, you you know how much tennis I've been watching. Give me a year to just go bounce around to like from Rome to Paris to London to like all these places and just watch a whole bunch of tennis and write about it. That that would be a whole lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> that's not something I would want to do uh, for a very long period of time. But if I could do that for like, you know, I could do that one year, I could just pick the tournaments I wanted to go to, man, that, I, I would love every second of that. Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He says, if you could interview any one Jets former coach and one GM for an hour on your podcast and they can't lie about any questions you ask them, who would it be and why? I'm not going to say Adam Gase here because that's just way too easy, especially since he just got axed. So I'm going to say that Rich Kotite is the former coach that I would love to get to sit down with me and be able to ask him whatever questions I want for a full hour. And as far as general manager, Terry Bradway, because that dude was with the Jets for a billion years. I can't even imagine the stories he's got. So Kotite disappeared. Nobody knows where he is. I'd love to be able to get him. I've been joking that he's my white whale because... Honestly, nobody has any idea what happened to him after the Jets fired him. It's like he evaporated into a black hole and Bradway, I know, is actually still around. In fact, I heard that sometimes he's around Ocean City and I know that he's around Maryland a lot. I think his son was playing football there at some point. So I don't know if I can land Bradway, but probably easier than getting Rich Kotite, who's a guy where everybody seems to feel like he's in the witness protection program or something. And with that, we will wrap up part two of the weekend mailbag. Don't forget to follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider and read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. And check out everything that we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com. Some great articles up right now, courtesy of Will Greenan, Sharman Phillip, Tommy Griffin-Krantz, and a whole lot more. A lot of great topics, too, including fantasy football outlook for the 2021 New York Jets, which players would be worth having on your fantasy roster, some potential sleepers. So check that out. And check out our YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do so because we've got some phenomenal film breakdowns courtesy of Luke Grant. Makai Becton is up there. Marcus May. Quinnen Williams. There's a video explainer of why the Jets are likely to have a top five interior defensive line this season. There's film breakdowns of the rookies. Michael Carter, Elijah Moore, Zach Wilson. Plus, Kayla Pace has her exclusive commentaries. Pace's playbook. 
all of that and more is up right now on our YouTube channel. So go ahead and watch all the videos and subscribe if you haven't done that already. And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.